Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, it's Nikki back on Gut Plus Science. Today is bigger than just another episode. It's the day that's been in the works for a long time, and I'm finally ready to share with you, and I'll start by saying thank you, because you are why this dream is now a reality. Every single one of you listeners counts, and thank you for listening, giving us feedback, building relationships with us in the Gut Plus Science community. Today, we are proud to announce the People Forward Network. It's the largest network of people-first leaders on a mission to do meaningful work and live meaningful lives. I believe the workplace is the largest mission field for changing lives. Gut Plus Science is joining some of the most incredible podcasts and hosts who believe in this same mission, and we want you to come along for our journey. So here's how to do that. Go to peopleforwardnetwork.com, join our email list to subscribe, and get access to incredible stories and resources to help you do meaningful work and live a meaningful life and inspire your people that you lead to do the same. To help celebrate and illustrate the stories we want to continue giving you access to in the People Forward Network, this week's Gut Plus Science guest is Mark Whitaker, whose real-life journey was turned into the Matt Damon movie, The Informant. Mark. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. I am elated to have this conversation today. Just did my push-ups to calm myself down a bit, if that gives you any intel into my life today, just being really excited. There's so much to cover in this episode as we're talking about a massively meaningful topic, success versus significance. Your life illustrates the title of this show so well. So let's get started, and I'm going to take you back in time in your life just a bit. So in your mid-30s, an executive at one of the largest companies in the world, and everything you wanted at your fingertips, you saw success very differently than you do now. Tell us that story. I tell you, when I was in my, I was actually 32 when I was divisional president of a company uh, at Archer Daniels Midland, commonly known as ADM, one of the largest companies in the world. And at 32 years of age, and by the way, that's 32 years ago, I turned 64 this month. So we're talking half my life ago, 32 years ago. And when I was with ADM as divisional president of the one of the fastest growing divisions, we were number 56 on the Fortune 500, $70 billion in annual revenue, 30,000 employees, we had a 75-year-old CEO, a 69-year-old COO, and here I was the number four-ranked executive at age 32. And I, I tell you, I really thought I was a rock star to be the number four executive of the 56th largest company on a Fortune 500. And and at that point in my life, I would say success is, is based on the title you have, how big the company you work for, how big is your house. And I, people would drive by our home at that point uh, in my life, uh, almost eight years that I was there at ADM. And they'd say, boy, that man has everything. Beautiful wife, three young children, lives in a mansion as a corporate jet. The seven top executives had access to the seven jets of ADM. And I, I thought I was a rock star. I mean, I was basically Justin Bieber before Justin Bieber. <laughs> 
And um, I mean, I just had my eye on the wrong ball and I, and I've learned so much in these last 32 years in terms of what really is important. Incredible. And so, you know, I, there's so much to unpack that I want to talk to you about, but you said something so powerful in our initial conversation. And I wanted to bring you on gut plus science and help us launch the people forward network around what you said. And you said, you know, I made millions, but my most meaningful or significant work was in prison, making $20 a month. Share that journey and what you got to do for $20 a month. Yeah, basically, you know, when I was, was at ADM, I would define myself during those eight years, which this would have been in the late 80s and the, all the way up to the mid 90s when I would have been there, uh, starting in 1989. And I would say I was a selfish leader. And and what were rewarding was, you know, I had a huge base salary. When you added the bonuses and stock options to it, it was in the seven figures. And and I've learned, you know, to me, success I would have defined was like your title, the size of company you work for, the size of home. And I had a large home. I had a 13,000 square foot home with an eight car garage. And and like I said, flying on a corporate jet. And that's the way the world defines success. And that's the way I was defining success. And then all of a sudden, years later, at age 40, uh, because involved with one of the largest white collar price fixing cases in U.S. history, I was in federal prison at age 40, making $20 a month. And I, and I helped these guys in prison get their GEDs. Some of them learn how to read. Some of them helped to get their two-year degrees through correspondence. Some of them were eighth-grade dropouts, and I had the opportunity to help them get their GED and to help them get a, a two-year college degree through correspondence. And I tell you, Nikki, those become some of the most productive years of my life at $20 a month. And I think me going through that journey, I learned the difference between a life of success, the way the world defines success, the way the life that I had when I was at ADM compared to a life of significance. And that's what I really learned. And I tell you, I found that a life of significance is so much more rewarding where you can help others around you. Because I think when I was at ADM, I never helped anybody else but myself. But when I'm in prison and I saw how rewarding it was to help others in need, I I tell you that that life of significance, and I've been out of prison 15 years now since 2006, and I've continued that path of of more life of significance. And that's how I want to finish my life, you know, at age 64 and how many years, how many ever years I have left. Uh, I want to finish my life more focused on the life of significance than a life of success. And that really, to me, means being a servant leader and trying to leave the world a better place when you leave it than what you came in. And I was not on that track in my 30s. So, Mark, I don't know who has seen the movie, The Informant, to know the story, because I just jumped from, tell us about your Justin Bieber life to now you're in prison. So let's just fill in the gap a little bit. But my main focus today is to talk about how meaningful work, which we spend the majority of our life working, meaningful work allows us to be better humans in all areas of our lives. And when we are you know, fulfilled by that work and we feel like we are making a significant impact, we come home as better parents and spouses. We come out in our communities because we've got the energy to do that. And we're really molding ourselves to be 
servants in the world to other people. And so we believe so strongly through the People Forward Network and all of our shows that when you do meaningful work, you live a meaningful life. And I want to take us back, you know, just for people to understand that may have not seen this movie where Matt Damon played your character in The Informant. And, you know, you've shared with me, it's one angle of the story. It's not the story after, which is really the glorious time of what that taught me. And then, you know, the journey that's been beautiful. So talk to us just a little bit about the experience with the movie and kind of fill in those gaps about, you know, the challenges and and going to prison, but then now the journey outside of it. Well, the movie, The Informant uh, with Matt Damon, the movie really shows the life of greed and shows that where I was in my in my 30s, this life of, of selfishness, that it's all about me. I'm going to move up the corporate ladder no matter what it takes and no matter who I have to step on to get there. And, and there's just so many in the world that's caught up on that track. I knew there was more to life than this. And by the way, uh, the FBI was very upset with the accuracy of the movie. So they did a documentary to combat the movie on Discovery Channel. It came out about six months after the movie. And that's on my website, markwhitaker.com. And people watch the documentary that has the real three FBI agents that I worked with undercover for three years. And it has my wife and I and the prosecutor, all the real people that were involved with the case. They watch that and they watch the movie. They say, this is two different stories. So even the movie had its kind of had its Hollywood twist to it compared to when you watch the, the documentary. But one thing I will say, Nikki, that's for sure is accurate. It was it was a it's a movie about selfish leadership. It's a movie about focusing on yourself. And it's a movie of uh, being so narcissistic that you feel like myself and the other three executives that went to prison, that we felt that we the laws were for the little people and they were not for us. And I mean, if it wasn't for my wife, I mean, that case would never happen. She had the right moral compass. She's the one that forced me to turn myself into the FBI, which then I became an informant and wore a wire for three years. But in reality, uh, and I think the movie even missed that. In reality, the case happened because of my wife. She was really the hero of that story. Here's the kicker that we're going to come back to that just blew my mind is that you and your wife are still married through, you know, you look at the statistics of marriage and divorce today through all that you've been through. She was the whistleblower, right? That's correct. And you two are still married. We're going to end on that because it's the highest note in all of this. So I just am, it's just a wow factor story of redemption. And I was sitting here jotting down some notes and I just see, you know, selfish leadership to servant leadership, a story of redemption. That's really what this is. And it's just the incredible journey of it. It just happened to be the workplace. You know, it could have been anything, but it was in the workplace. And so for us and what we're doing with People Forward Network, it's just such a beautiful illustration of someone who shifted the focus from selfish to servant and how this has opened up a massive opportunity that you've impacted people, so many thousands of people inside a prison and outside, people of all walks of life. And so I'd love to ask, you know, I bet this is challenging or maybe it's easy. I don't know. What is the greatest lesson or gift that you learned on this journey thus far or while being incarcerated just so far in life? What is that gift? I think the greatest gift that I've learned in this journey, and keep in mind, this is wearing a wire for three years in my early 30s uh, for eight, nine, 10 hours a day, wired up with for the FBI, being wired up at six in the morning, meeting them with the, in the evenings uh, for the debriefings and turn over the tapes. So almost nine years 
of adversity. And I will tell you, Nikki, wearing the wire was more difficult than prison. The most difficult years of my life was wearing the wire. And I think the documentary captured that much better than the movie where the FBI said, if these guys catch you, they're going to kill you. And to hear that every day when you're being wired up takes a toll, takes a toll on you. So like I said, the, the wearing a wire was, was much more adversity than they going to prison to a white collar camp. But I think my greatest lesson is this, is how rewarding it is to be a servant leader and how unrewarding it was really to be a, a selfish leader. So how much rewarding it is to be a servant leader and, and to live that life of significance, which includes being a servant leader, but really a purpose-driven life. To wake up and, you know, the eight years that I was at ADM, it was like, well, are we going to get a bigger plane? What car? I already had a Ferrari. What car could I get after a Ferrari? Already had a 13,000 square foot house. What house could I get that's bigger and nicer than the house that I live in? You know, that's not very purpose driven. Like I said, it's a very empty, empty life being a selfish leader. But to wake up and think, wow, how can I, what can God lead me to do today that will help someone else and, and leave this world, like I said, a, a better place than when you leave it? And, and, and have purpose in your life, because I had no purpose before in my 30s. So that's what I would say I would learn is how rewarding it is to be a servant leader, because that leads to a purpose driven life. And I believe there's no better place to do that than the workplace in the marketplace. It's just such a mission field for change and opportunity. And I love how so many leaders that have been on this show have come on and said, I have been blessed or I have been granted or whatever this role is as a leader, like I take it super seriously and it is a mission for me, like to be able to then go out and, and impact more people with this role that's just been put into my lap as a blessing or, you know, they've worked for it, but it's just such an opportunity. And you just see so many people that have come on the show talking about, it's just, it's really a gift to, to be a leader. And what is a leader? A leader is someone that focuses on others and serves others. And if you walk backwards, it's like, I have it written down on my paper, serving others is the bottom line. And you step up and purpose driven comes right under significance. So it's like, I see significant life is purpose-led or purpose-driven. And what does that mean? How am I serving other people? And the greatest leaders take that opportunity to truly figure out how do I do that best? And, you know, we can get very confused. And this is leading me to my next question on a purpose-driven life to some people could be the purpose of getting to the next benchmark on revenue. And so just to really come back to like that true life of significance versus success, to be really clear on that, I think that's where I want to go for just a minute here. The billion dollar question, you've heard many times, you know, social media or you hear TED talks about it, you know, a life of pursuing success versus significance. We have listeners right now that say, I wonder what I'm doing. I'm not sure. How would you break that down to really help them evaluate and look at the two buckets very differently? Well, I, I would say very clearly in my 30s, I was I was on that where looking to me, success was increase in rep for the division that I was president of, increase in revenues, increase in profits. And, and all that's important. I realized that. But the most important part I should have really thought of during that time were the 30,000 people, teammates that I had around me and how I could influence their lives. 
and, and how you can help them. And that's what I've had a chance to do the last 15 years since I was released in, in prison and, and getting back in executive positions again. But to pour the, around the people around you and the younger people and the next generation, because when we're gone, to me, that's the legacy is the ones that you poured into in terms of what they've learned. And they start living a life of significance that, that almost that that reproduction or or those or those multiple generations of servant leadership. But when you pour into other leaders and other leaders see you serve that way and they want to become that leader, that servant leader with a purpose driven life and they start serving that way. Well, think about it when you're retired or you pass away. Well, then you've got other leaders that you poured into that are leading that way. So, I mean, that's the real legacy. And then when you hope and what you do hope that others learn from them and then when they're gone, there's be servant leaders after them. So it's just this perpetual, perpetual cycle of growing servant leadership and reproducing servant leaders. And uh, to me, that's that's the real success to me is leaving a legacy that impacts others and they start impacting others that they're pouring into. Mark, I want to come back to this. So there's listeners out there right now that are at a place that might be like, I need some mentorship based on what Mark knows. So I really like to come from a place that I assume that everyone is doing the best they know. You know, back in the day, you thought life and the mission and success and what you were doing, I'm guessing at, at some point you were like, hey, I'm on the journey. Like, th- like I am rocking, like life is good, but not knowing what's on the other side and what truly significance means because you were on the success journey until you had that enlightenment to be able to get there. You were doing the best you knew how, right? You were probably a really good husband and all of these things, right? But you just, you hadn't had that enlightenment to shift to the other side, if you will. So for people that are listening right now or people that are trying to mentor someone in their lives to shift from that more selfish side and really the success journey to the significant side and that servant leadership, what's your mentorship or your best advice on how do you get started? Well, I was, you know, I was tremendously blessed to have a couple of really good mentors in my life. And I have mentors still in my life even today. But especially when all this this crash was happening uh, at ADM, I had a couple of executives that reached out. One of them was CFO of a pharmaceutical company named Ian Howes. Another one was named Chuck Colson. Uh, some of your listeners may know of him. He was the White House counsel under President Nixon. He was in his 30s and was White House counsel uh, in an office right next to the Oval Office under President Nixon. And he went to prison in the 1970s. Uh, for the Watergate scandal, along with the attorney general and director of FBI and several other executives and during that time from the White House. And President Nixon would have went to prison too, and but he was pardoned by President Ford, so he did not go to prison. But Chuck Colson became a servant leader in that journey. He became a different person for the last 40 years of his life until he passed at age 80. And I tell you, Chuck Colson poured into my life and for almost 15 years until he passed in 2012. And I just saw how the purpose driven and just the purpose in his life to serve and being the servant leader like he was and how people wanted to follow him. And he had a tremendous number of people that wanted to follow me. I mean, he had a huge influence on, I'd say, thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people, uh, the influence he had on. And so him as a mentor was life changing for me. 
And I would say prior to that, Nikki, the mentors of my life were the ones that were showing me at ADM how to do price fixing. And they went to prison. They went to prison. Those were the ones that I was working for, the three top leaders above me. And they all went to prison, too. So I had the wrong mentors in my life. But I think it's important to look around and, and to think about, well, who do you want to be as you continue to grow in your journey as a leader in your organization and look around that. And usually it's going to be someone older and wiser. And that's who Chuck Colson uh, was, you know, was to me. And I think that's just important to have the right mentor in your life. But no matter where you work and no matter where you live, there's people around you that love to pour into, into the younger people, into the next generation. And I, I think all of us in our lifetimes, I feel strongly in this. I think we should all have a mentor in our life during our lifetime. And I think we should all be mentoring others that are younger than us during our lifetime. So I think we all need a mentor and we all need mentees. And I hope your listeners think about that and reflect on that because it's important. I really do. I think that's part of servant leadership. I could not agree more. Mentoring and mentorship in our lives is so important. I'm just really curious. How would you advise someone that has a negative mentor in their lives? Because the gentleman that you had in your lives that led you down a wrong path, I would call your mentors. And I think you said that for people that have those leaders in their lives that are mentoring them in the wrong direction, but maybe they're just so much more seasoned and there's just so many different power plays there. What is your advice or what would you have gone back and told yourself to do differently now that you know what you know? Well, I would have told my younger self, here's what I would tell my younger self today, 32 years ago when I was being mentored by, by the other executives that went to prison for price fixing. I would tell my young to leave. I mean, the best decision I could have made, I couldn't have changed what they were doing. They were doing it for over a decade prior to me even joining the company, the price fixing, breaking the antitrust laws and, and growing our profits by, by being part of this international cartel. So I couldn't have changed it being a young, a young 33 year old and having a 75 year old CEO and a 69 year old president. So I couldn't have changed it, but I should have left. I knew then it was the wrong mentors, Nikki, but I could not. I saw the compensation so high and the rewards being so high in terms of, in terms of materialism rewards, materialistic rewards that I couldn't walk away, but I should have. So that's the advice I would give is what I would tell my younger self is to walk away and to get into an organization or a different department. In some case, if it's a large company, a different division or a different department, but get into a place where you will have mentors in your life that are positive influence and people that you really would like to be yourself and have that type of mentor in your life. And that's the mistake I made. I should have walked away from those mentors. Thank you for sharing that. If you could reflect on one decision that you've made that has completely changed Mark Whitaker's life experience, what is it? I would say I would say this, the decision that I made, it was my third month in prison in 1998. I was 40 years of age, so it's 24 years ago and I and I became a Christian. And I would say another important decision I made was was my wife, married 42 years. And we met when she was in seventh grade and I was in eighth grade. We got married after we finished uh, my master's degree and she went to Ohio State for a bachelor's. I went to Ohio State for a bachelor's and master's. And before I went for a Cornell PhD in biochemistry, we got married before that PhD program. So we've been married 42 years here. 
coming up here in a couple of weeks. And that was probably the biggest blessing that I've made in my life, in my life. It is incredible. I want to go back and talk about mentors for a minute, because I'm curious, who would you contribute mentorship to at age 40 that helped you to make that decision to come to Christ? Yeah, I would definitely say Ian Howes, also the, the CFO from the pharmaceutical industry, and Chuck Colson. Those two reached out to me. They both read about me in the newspapers. They didn't know each other, but they both reached out to me separately. And those two guys are the guys that went through Bible study with me, uh, poured into me. And, and I be, really, they, they're the two that led me, told me about God, shared about God with me, and helped lead me to, helped lead me to Christ to become a Christian, was those two. And then my next uh, mentoring question is, who would you contribute the mentorship that helped your marriage? I would say probably the biggest influence on, on my marriage, one was Chuck Colson, but the other one was my parents. My parents, my dad passed four years ago at age 90. My mom's 88 uh, today and still very healthy at 88. And they were married 66 years and they were such a great example for my wife and I. And uh, Chuck Colson just spent a lot of time talking about our marriage and helping us get through our marriage because he went to prison 20 years earlier for the Watergate scandal when he was when he worked for President Nixon, you know, for that during that time. But his marriage survived that. So he had a big influence on our marriage. Also, he did Chuck Colson. But my parents were such a great example of uh, of a marriage. Uh, and I think where Chuck Colson was a good example for us was a marriage surviving against all odds with him incarcerated and it just inspired my wife and I, but I give the credit our marriage surviving is to my wife much more than me. I mean, she had all the, keep in mind, I'm going to prison at that time. And we had three young children and, and she hadn't worked in almost 10 years. She was a stay at home mom. And I mean, she had to do it. Uh, she had to do it all. And it's amazing. The victims of the case of the price fixing case, uh, like Coca-Cola, Tyson foods, Procter and Gamble, several of them, were had class action suits and were reimbursed for the fraud from the price fixing. And they gave my wife a whistleblower reward for turning me in. And that's how my wife survived financially and my kids. Basically, the companies I stole from took care of my family. The eight and a half years I was in prison. And it's a miracle to me. Our marriage surviving is a miracle. The divorce rate, if you go to prison, the divorce rate, Nikki, is 78%. If you go to prison five years and longer, it's 99%. I went eight and a half years. So we had less than 1% chance of our marriage surviving, and we're married 42 years. A miracle. And I actually work for the company now, too, one of the victims of the case. Wow. So here's what else we have to share, is that your current role today with Coca-Cola Consolidated is part of the the past as well. So talk about how that happened that you know they were part of your past and you come out and now you've been working alongside Coca-Cola Consolidated and have built a leadership program with them. Tell us about that story. Yeah, it's another a miracle in my life absolutely. And I think like I said I think the movie missed the I think the rest of the story is a lot more interesting than the crime drama that happened in the, in the late 80s. And I mean, basically, the victims of the case of the price fixing were Coca-Cola, Tyson Foods, Procter Food, basically food and beverage companies. ADM makes food, food additives 
like high fructose corn syrup that goes in beverages and lysine that goes into animal feed and citric acid that goes into breakfast cereals and soups and things that it'd be difficult to buy a food or beverage in the grocery store that does not have something from ADM in it, one of the largest food additive companies in the world. So these victims got together and helped take care of my family while I was in prison. And today I work for one of those companies was Coca-Cola and one of, and I actually work for them now. I've been working for them for a couple of years where I lead the T factor initiative, T standing for transformation, where we equip leaders. Uh, it's a faith-based program. Uh, our, we're Coca-Cola consolidated. And when you look at Coca-Cola consolidated purpose statement is to honor God and all we do uh, to serve others, to pursue excellence and grow profitably. And which is very purpose driven and very servant leadership oriented. And now we, we have a program where we equip CEOs, COOs and senior leaders. And through this program, we help them integrate faith in their work to have a purpose driven culture. And what we do is we share the culture that our CEO started building almost 22 years ago when he started focusing on a servant leadership purpose driven culture. And it, it's impacting companies from all around the world. And just to think about that, I'm with this company leading this initiative when they were a victim of the price fixing case 30 years ago. And I work for them today. It's a miracle. It is. And it's very rare that I'm speechless. It's happened a couple of times. Like I'm like, I don't know what to say next. <laughs> it's just incredible. And so, wow. Just wow. The story of... The life of one person and how powerful that story can be to illustrate some message that changes the world, literally. Like this is one and, and we all have them, right? You've just had an opportunity to have some very high highs and some very low lows and then you're, you've beat the odds. So it's just an incredible, incredible journey. And, you know, I'm just curious, you know, now that I know a big part of your life is the servant leadership side and just all you get to do with T-Factor and creating these purpose-driven workplaces. And I thought maybe you could share a story of someone that you've walked alongside that you've seen transform from success to significance and just watch them walk into their purpose and really seen them get excited to come out of bed as you were sharing in, in the beginning. But most importantly, like who is that person that maybe you could illustrate in that journey? And what was that tipping point or what was the shift that you saw in them to change their walk? I would say I've had a chance to mentor and I even call it more discipleship really, but disciple or mentor many different individuals the last 24 years since I became a Christian, including even mentoring several while I was in prison. For those eight and a half years, but probably one of the most significant is uh, is a medical doctor that I uh, got to know, and he was uh, in his thirties and uh, very similar track that that I was probably on in my thirties, all about himself, earns a large seven figure income, being a surgeon, and very uh, much a selfish leader. And he read about me and heard about me and reached out and wanted to know if I you know spend some time with him. So we started off just having coffee and talking. Next thing you know, I became more as his mentor and grow and, and him being 25 years, my 25 years, my junior. It's amazing how I've seen him in the last four or five years change tremendously to the servant leader that I feel strongly that God's God built him to be. I believe God builds all of us 
to be that. And I've seen him become that man and a better father, a better husband, and serving others in the uh, in hospital. It's, he loves seeing others get promoted instead of just always himself. And he helps others get promoted and recommends others in the hospital. And and he serves and, and, and mentors others around him that he didn't do before. But just seeing that, to me, a, boy, what a legacy. And I think someday when I'm no longer here on earth, there's going to be younger people like that that are still serving and still pouring into others. And I just I just pray that it just continues just to reproduce and reproduce and that there will be hundreds or thousands of, of servant leaders that will come out of this. So I think the more that we do mentor, the more all of us do that, just think the impact we could have on society, on this country and even on this world. But that's just a, a good example uh, for me to see this guy, and I can remember him telling me when I first met with him five years ago, he said, well, we can meet all we w- you want, but I'm never going to be a roly-poly. I'm never going to believe in God. And and I said, well, I'll see you next Monday morning, 7 o'clock. <laughs> and we'd meet at Starbucks uh, the next Monday morning. And I never forget getting a text from him a couple couple years ago. And he said, boy, Mark, I tell you, thank you for not giving up on me, and thank you for not walking away because he said, I, I've really some things at the hospital. I'm just really practicing some of the things I'm learning from you and I'm seeing how rewarding it is. Uh, he said, I became a Christian today. I've surrendered my life to Jesus today in this text. And uh, that's been a couple years ago and just seeing him grow and develop has just been amazing. But I've seen many others like that. I'm just giving you one example. Your story is something, and I am honored that you were able to make the time to spend with me and just help illustrate how powerful the workplace can really be and how powerful the role of a leader is in other people's lives and just all the intersections of your lives, your life, Mark, that um, I hope resonated with people today. You know, if you're in a place that you're trying to shift and you need to be inspired to make that decision to make the shift, maybe this did it. Maybe you're at the worst season of your entire life with your overall life or with your marriage. Look at this man. Look what he did. Look at how he beat the odds, right? And um, just the overall story of having that core foundation in your life. And I share the same faith as you. And there's some listeners that don't. And there's some listeners that have different faiths. And and that's okay. And I think that um, having the core where it's it's not that selfish focus is, is so important. And to be able to have that that guiding light that's helping to to lead you and not lead that selfish life. And ultimately that, that impacts us to want to serve others as the main thing rather than ourselves. And just such a beautiful story of redemption. And I think we're going to have many other opportunities to collaborate on the People Forward Network and different shows if you will have us and, and be part of it with us, Mark. But it's just been a lovely time. And thank you for sharing your story and all you've done to impact the world and what you're doing with T-Factor. It just really has been an honor to spend time with you today. And and now we're in our lightning round where we get to ask Mark about some of his favorite things. This is always fun. So Mark, what is your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read to share with our leader listener audience? I'd say a favorite recent read, and by recent, I mean the last couple of years recent read, has been the book by Ken Boa and the title of it's Life in the Presence of God by Ken Boa, B-O-A. And life in the presence of God's had a tremendous uh, impact on me and growing further 
my relationship with God. And probably my favorite business book that I use kind of in the day-to-day uh, business principles would be The Four Disciplines of Execution by Chris McChesney. What is your favorite hobby when you're not working? Favorite uh, hobby is well, we love the outdoors and we like, love walking and, and hiking and um, that's our that's kind of our favorite uh, favorite hobby. Matter of fact, we're going to go again here in a couple months to Yellowstone National Park and Teton Mountains, and we just love uh, the wildlife there and hiking. And uh, so that's our favorite uh, our favorite uh, pastime, both for my wife and I, is the outdoors. And what is your favorite vacation spot? Our favorite vacation spot would be the place we're going to again in a couple months. Would be that Yellowstone National Park area. And we love the beach too and love the ocean. But uh, I would say probably what tops that is the is the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park and Teton Mountains. What are your favorite things to do there? Uh, hiking, mostly wildlife, hiking you know, with uh, binoculars and, and scope, spotting scopes and, and wildlife and love the elk and the bison. and uh, But just hiking and just seeing, boy, that just seeing this earth that God created that And when you see how beautiful it is, you can say only God could have done this. And Mark, how can our listeners connect with you after the show? Best way to connect with me, as I mentioned uh, earlier, is the website markwhitaker.com. I mentioned the Discovery Channel documentaries on there, which uh, the FBI produced that to to kind of to to basically, uh, I don't know if I'd say combat the movie, but mainly kind of put the full facts out what happened in that case. Uh, but markwhitaker.com, and it's even got a contact page on that with my email address. Okay, so quite a story, huh? Wow. Jaw-dropping, stops me in my tracks, like whoa factor. This story of Mark Whitaker's life is incredible. I feel like I could go on forever about the different angles of impact and significance of this man's life. It's incredible. So here's my truth you can act on. There's so many, but I had to summarize just a few for our takeaways today. And here's my truth you can act on with Mark Whitaker. Number one, significance is service to others. It's investing in the lives of our people to a life of meaning, helping them find a life of meaning, and that is key to leadership. Number two, healthy mentors are powerful and needed. Have a great mentor in your life or two or five and be a mentor to two or five or 10. Mentoring is so powerful. You saw how it changed Mark's life. And number three, great leaders share vulnerably to inspire others. We've heard on multiple podcasts how powerful vulnerability is, and it is the key to building trust. And Mark shares how powerful it is to inspiring other people and lighting a fire for other people. Share vulnerably and watch how that impacts others and those particularly that you lead. And number four, do meaningful work and watch how it creates a significant life full of meaning. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as me. It's been a long time coming to get it to a place that it's launching for you today. People Forward Network is official today. The largest community, the movement that is coming to life to bring people first leaders together to learn from each other 
and to make a significant impact on humanity, people, humans living a meaningful life through the work that they get to do and how that impacts everything else. When we love the work that we do and it energizes us, we go home as a better spouse, as a better parent. We get involved in our communities and we have energy that is contagious. And so here's what I challenge you to today. Follow People Forward Network, share thoughts that you have, share ideas. We are going to constantly innovate to make this thing amazing and the journey or the book has just begun. And I can't wait to share it with you. Happy launch day. Have a great week. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.